I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. After a nearly two-week investigation into alleged sexual misconduct by CPD officers against migrants, the head of Chicago's Civilian Office of Police Accountability says so far they have not been able to identify victims. At a news conference Tuesday, Andrea Kirsten said the alleged immigrant victims of sexual misconduct have not yet come forward or been identified. That means COPA doesn't have, quote, sufficient information to make a recommendation for the discipline of any police officers. To learn more about the ongoing investigation, we're joined in the studio by Andrea Kirsten, COPA's chief administrator. Now, your meeting yesterday to disclose information to reporters, that was an unusual step in the process of ongoing COPA investigations. So I'm curious what prompted you to break the silence early. Well, as I said yesterday, um, I think there's been an unprecedented amount of uh, media attention, public scrutiny, and certainly, you know, valid concerns about um, what is taking place in any of the police districts where our newly arrived migrant population are currently being housed. Um, Given what we do and don't know at this stage of the investigation, we certainly felt that transparency to the public um, was important because of all of the the intense pressure around this investigation. Some people might just be jumping into this at this point. So I want you to just walk us through the initial allegations that were brought to COPA back on July 6th. Sure. The initial allegations we received um, came in uh, via another city employee, and they uh, specified a named officer um, alleging that that individual had had sexual contact with an underaged female migrant uh, who was not not identified, uh, but that this officer was assigned to the 10th district. And uh, the information also intimated that there may be several other unidentified, unnamed officers in the 10th district who had also engaged in similar misconduct. And the 10th district being the Ogden district station. So after the claims, city officials then removed migrants from that station. Is that a standard move in an investigation like this? Um, that's certainly outside. Those decisions are outside of COPA's purview. Um, you know, our job is to investigate the underlying allegation. But obviously, in response to public reporting about um, this investigation, city officials made certain choices, but irrespective of COPA's investigation. So what have you found so far in the current investigation that you can share with us? And we do recognize that you can't share every detail of an ongoing investigation. Um, Well, while I can't share necessarily what we have found, I I can talk, as I spoke yesterday, about some of the steps that we're taking. And a a lot of direct outreach um, to our migrant community has been going on, Um, you know, specifically canvassing or or going in person uh, to all of the various shelters where migrants are being housed, working directly with community groups and aid providers, um, because as I'm sure most listeners are probably well aware, there's a a pretty wide tapestry of service providers, both Mm -hmm. public and private, that are are seeking to... um, to assist our migrant community. Uh, And so really trying to work across both city official and agency levels, as well as direct service providers, to try to get outreach um, to migrants, number one, about the role of COPA um, and uh, more broadly, but then also specifically about the allegations that we are investigating in this case. Yeah, you said yesterday, quote, we intend to exhaust all efforts. Yes, uh, I think when an allegation of this level of severity is made, and particularly when it um, it frankly jeopardizes sort of the, the city's approach to this this um, crisis of migrants' well beings, we we need to have taken all reasonable steps uh, to make sure that that our inquiry is thorough and our investigation as complete as it can be. Yeah, well, uh, you said uh, a comprehensive review 
also revealed that there have been more complaints between police officials and migrants that are dating back to last summer when asylum seekers were were first bused to this city by the Texas governor. What can you share about the various allegations over the past almost a year? Sure. So um, there have been just over two dozen or so uh, approximately complaints that we are aware of. And I want to be really clear, um, because people are completely able to file anonymous complaints and don't have to identify themselves as an asylum seeker or a migrant, um, we also receive complaints that may involve migrants that haven't identified themselves as migrants. So um, so there could be more? Correct, potentially. But of the cases that we're able to confirm um, involve migrants, there are around two dozen approximately. Uh, The the allegation involving officers in the 10th district was the first known uh, allegation involving any sort of sexual misconduct. The vast majority of the prior complaints that we have received um, actually didn't fall under COPA's jurisdiction and were sent to the Bureau of Internal Affairs at CPD. COPA has a very express jurisdiction involving areas like excessive force, um, improper search or seizure or your Fourth Amendment violations, Mm -hmm. bias-based verbal abuse, sexual misconduct, domestic violence. So unless it's one of our specifically enumerated uh, jurisdictional mandates, uh, it would have to go to the Bureau of Internal Affairs for investigation. And that's where the majority of those prior claims are being investigated. So and and so just so we're clear, then uh, they weren't all sexual misconduct claims. Not, the, the, none of, the two dozen. Correct. None of the prior claims um, that we can associate to being uh, complaints that involve minors prior to this 10th district uh, case, which we learned about on July 6th, none of them uh, are involving any acts of sexual misconduct being alleged. Um, the only other allegation involving any uh, potential sexual misconduct uh, came as a result of us seeking information and trying to identify victims in the 10th district investigation, mm-hmm. which is when we learned that there are potential similar allegations in the 19th. 19th district. Um, but as of yet, also, we have not been able to identify uh, any known victims or any direct witnesses to such misconduct. Yeah. Well, you know, we imagine uh, sexual misconduct investigations, they're not only sensitive, Andrea, but they're complicated. Talk more about, you know, some of the challenges or barriers to conducting a probe like this. Sure. I mean, I think the challenges and barriers are profound to conducting any form of sexual misconduct or gender-based violence investigation. Um, Survivors of sexual violence, survivors of intimate partner or family violence or any form of gender-based violence uh, have many myriad reasons why they don't want to come forward with their experience, particularly come forward um, and trust a system of justice, which COPA participates in a form of our, our, our legal process here around the administrative component. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are always barriers uh, to working with survivors of any sort of uh, gender-based or sexual trauma, and those barriers can only be magnified when uh, acts are alleged to have been perpetrated by people in positions of trust, particularly such as a a law enforcement officer, uh, as you would have in these allegations. Yeah, that would complicate things, right? Because this is a person that you, you think you can go to for help. Correct. Um, And so we work really hard. Um, We have a specialized unit at COPA, the Special Victim Squad. Uh, They're comprised of individuals who have a lot of background in conducting uh, sexual misconduct investigations, domestic violence investigations, uh, as well as former criminal prosecutors that specialize in that work, as well as advocates formerly uh, who have worked alongside of victims in their process of healing and, and also in the process of participating in investigations previously and in our systems of justice, as I referenced. Um, That group of individuals 
has an inordinate amount of training to make sure that they are prepared uh, to provide as much of a safe space to receive that information and to build the kind of trust that is necessary, yeah. not just to get uh, to receive an initial complaint, um, but to be able to um, ensure continued cooperation with with an investigation and everything that comes thereafter uh, in order to uphold uh, our standards of accountability. The uh, investigation is actually unfolding at the same time that the police department's Bureau of Internal Affairs is looking into it uh, as well. Andrea, can you clarify the difference between the two investigations so that we're clear? Absolutely. Uh, So COPA, we are an independent uh, civilian investigative agency that only conducts administrative investigations. And, you know, for your listeners, um, what that essentially means is we are seeking to investigate whether officers have followed their policies and training um, and any sort of recommendations or findings that we make are not criminal in nature, but speak to whether an officer needs retraining, needs to be suspended, or ultimately needs to be fired or terminated from the department as a result of essentially what is employee misconduct. Um, In many of our investigations, and I listed off our jurisdiction earlier, but we we also investigate officer-involved shootings and other other acts, there can be potential criminal liability for some of the very same conduct. And you certainly see that in our sexual misconduct allegations as well as our domestic violence allegations. Um, With with sexual misconduct specifically, um, under the consent decree, uh, the city's under an obligation to have sort of parallel investigations taking place. And so COPA works directly with the Bureau of Internal Affairs as well as the Cook County State's Attorney's Office to be able to provide a victim-centered approach uh, to conducting these investigations, which are ultimately going to go down two separate paths. We apply different standards of proof in administrative investigations. It's a lower burden of proof. It's okay. a ponderance of the evidence or, as opposed to beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, and we also applied sometimes different rules. We're looking at the department's actual rules, regulations, directives, and trainings as opposed to criminal statutes. But clearly important to work together. Absolutely. And the real, simultaneously. the centerpiece of that work together is really one joint interview of an identified victim so that he or she does not have to tell their story multiple times in multiple forums. And what the the real benefit of doing this together with COPA's civilian participation, um, us as civilians, is that often we have found survivors are more willing to participate in a joint interview, which law enforcement is present at, when they can come to COPA's office and be talking to COPA staff to have that interview occur as opposed to a police district. So uh, COPA, as we've, we've mentioned, hasn't identified any individual migrant that's claiming to have either direct knowledge of what happened earlier this month or um, someone claiming to be a victim, right? So what happens now? Um, We are going to continue uh, a lot of the investigative efforts that I had previously sort of mentioned and the engagement strategy around trying to raise enough awareness and education and build enough trust in that community that if someone has information, they can come forward. Um, You know, I was asked yesterday, well, when does it stop? Uh, And and I I would respond the same way today. I don't have a date in mind. There is no bright line set. Um, But as we continue to conduct interviews and they are ongoing, people are being interviewed this week, um, depending on what information comes out of these interviews that we know we are going to continue conducting, that will help inform um, how much further is reasonable to go. So this could just continue to be ongoing? Uh, for some period of time, Based yes. on what you find. And, and and in addition to looking, you know, to trying to outreach enough to identify whether there is a victim, we're also uh, trying to identify the source of this original allegation because I think that is equally important and may also inform uh, what remains reasonable to continue doing going forward in this investigation. What type of punishment 
could this COPA investigation lead to for for police officers if the allegations are eventually substantiated? Sure. I mean, the most severe uh, form of disciplinary recommendation that COPA is authorized to make would be separation or termination from the Chicago Police Department. Um, As I mentioned before, there would be a separate analysis by either the Chicago Police Department's Bureau of Internal Affairs and or the Cook County State's Attorney's Office as to whether any criminal charges would be warranted in an investigation like this or any other uh, involving sexual misconduct. Yeah. Well, the, the Fraternal Order of Police and some aldermen, they've questioned the legitimacy of the allegations. FOP President John Catanzara actually called the investigation a, a witch hunt. What do you say to that? There have been a lot of statements made publicly about what is and isn't uh, included in this investigation. And, you know, the, the public statements that I made yesterday at this press conference, our conversation today, these are the only facts uh, that are coming from within COPA, essentially. Uh, so I think it's important to sort of ground the public in what we know. And and I also, you know, would want to make it abundantly clear that any allegation of sexual misconduct of this nature, the level of specificity that we received, would absolutely warrant an investigation. These investigations are taking place um, at all times in our agency. We receive nearly 5,000 complaints a year. Um, most of them don't get in intense public scrutiny. Um, this one did, and it, it, it was worth talking to the public in an open, transparent way about what we do and don't know at this time. So we don't know how much longer you know this will, will go on. But in the meantime, police officers in question, they just continue to clock in? I don't. When when we have sufficient evidence, uh, we do have the ability as an agency to make sort of uh, immediate or interim recommendations to the department. If an officer is believed to be a danger um, to his or herself or the community, uh, we can make recommendations to relieve that individual of police their police powers and their authority during the pendency or while our investigation is ongoing. But in order to make that, and this is governed by policies and actually something that the consent decree talks about as well, uh, we have to have sufficient evidence to make that recommendation and. So that is what the work of our ongoing investigation would seek to determine or not. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, what else do you want the public to know? We talked about the fact that there was so much, as you said, public scrutiny here. What do you want them to know about the work that COPA is doing on this case? Sure. Um, I think in general, I want the public to understand that we as an agency really are grounded in a a concept of the importance of transparency. Uh, We want to be as open and communicative with the public uh, as we can be. Given the nature of investigations, that's not always possible. There can't be real-time updates uh, for each and every case. Wouldn't be... um, fair to our investigative process or the people involved in them. Uh, However, um, I do want the public to know that we have the requisite training, experience, and background to conduct these investigations. We have been conducting investigations of this kind uh, since about 2019 when the federal consent decree went into place and domestic violence investigations for many years before that. Um, So we are certainly prepared to handle um, the rigors of this this particular investigation and any other allegation of sexual misconduct um, because because those are the most sensitive nature of, of allegations that, that we handle in our office, and, and we're ready to do so. Andrea Kirsten heads the Civilian Office of Police Accountability. Thanks for making the time for us. Thank you, Sasha. This episode of Reset was produced by me and Nadia Hernandez, and it was edited by Dan Tucker and Ethan Schwab. Stay plugged into the latest news in Chicago and across the state with the Reset podcast. We drop new episodes every weekday morning and afternoon with a bonus episode on Saturday. That's all for now. We'll see you again this afternoon.
WBEZ remains laser-focused on our mission to provide you with fact-based journalism. But that mission is only possible with your continued financial support. Become a sustaining contributor today. Give now at wbez.org slash donate.